Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast, season six. I'm your host, Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified counselor, and certified clinical trauma professional. And I just want to take a minute to thank all of you loyal listeners for supporting us all the way through season six. It's been an amazing ride and we've covered a lot of different topics. If you have not done so yet, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Through the Eyes of a Therapist. And please go to my new TikTok page, Through the Eyes of a Therapist, as well to get silly and informative content because there's unconventional yet competent stuff on there. Anyway, let's get into season six. I'm so excited. We're going to have so many cool guests and we're going to cover lots of content. And today we're going to kick it off with how Through the Eyes of a Therapist was born. I'm going to take you through some cringy and embarrassing moments, but also some cute and enlightening moments about where Through the Eyes of a Therapist came from. So, Let's start off with two things. If you are from El Paso, you probably are familiar. Well, if you're from El Paso and um, either born in the 70s, 80s and had a childhood in like the early 90s, you're probably familiar with a couple of things that I'm about to mention. Number one is Generation 2000. Do you all remember that? Generation 2000. No? Anybody? Okay. Am I the only one? So if you went to Generation 2000 in the early 90s, it was like this kids fair, right? Where there were like arts and crafts and little like science booths and you could have like little experiences and it was just a kid focused sort of fair where parents could take their kids and have them experience a lot of different things. And it was like full of vendors, I guess, a showcase your kid-focused business, but also ha- let kids have fun and win prizes and things of that nature. And the second thing I'm about to mention that is significant in the birth of Through the Eyes of a Therapist is the anchorman Gary Warner. Do you all remember him from, I think it was ABC7? So the reason he's significant is because he was at Generation 2000 one year, and I think I was about four or five years old when this story occurred. So bear with me, but this was part of the birth of the podcast. So when I was at the fair, We were, again, at the convention center at Generation 2000, and one of the booths was like a little makeshift sort of newsroom station where there was a teleprompter and a camera and like a little green screen situation going on where kids could wear like Gary Warner's coat. And I think I'm pretty sure he was there. And I have photo slash video evidence of this. Don't ask me for it right now because I probably got to look for it on a VHS tape somewhere. Because remember, I'm a millennial, an elder millennial, and I've got to ask my parents for this. But anyway, um, I was reading off of a teleprompter and I fell in love with, you know, media journalism and just being able to talk my head off in front of microphones and cameras. And this is what I thought I wanted to do with my life. So when I went home, I became like obsessed with 
my family's video camera, okay? So I got the VHS giant ass video camera that everybody's family probably had, right? When you would put a giant VHS tape into it and it had like a little boom microphone sticking out of the front and a big giant lens on the front that you would have to uncover. And it looked like a suitcase that you would carry with a handle on the top and everything. And I would get like blank tapes or I would record over stuff and hopefully I didn't erase any important family memories. But I would like record myself with my stuffed animals and make like fake news shows And I had something called like Peepo's Channel, which was like a little Sanrio pig. And I would report on just mundane things through the house after school. And just that was how I spent my days. I was just that was my hobby when I was little. And I was also gifted a recorder in my childhood where it was like a little brown handheld cassette tape recorder and I would also go around the house and in the backyard and record sounds, record weather, record my family and ask them questions and record myself and record cooking and record just like again mundane things around the house and so again this is what I thought I was going to do with my life so let's fast forward to college right I claimed my first major to be like communications and journalism, and this is what I wanted to do. I even like volunteered to DJ at the El Paso Community College radio station, okay? Because I don't know if you knew this, but those of you who go to EPCC, I'm not sure if they still have it, but if you listen very carefully when you are in like their little union area, they have music playing. And if you were there in like the kind of mid-2000s, there was a radio station playing. And I can't remember the name of the radio station right now, but I was nicknamed DJ Sassy because I guess I had like a smooth radio voice. And I would introduce music and I would play music um, and volunteer there like three or four days a week. And it was like... One of the things that I had always wanted to do, it was just something that I always saw myself doing. At the same time, you all know this, I've been very candid about this in previous episodes and in blog posts and things like that. Um, I have a history of mental illness, um, lived experience, personal lived experience with anxiety and depression in my childhood and adolescence. And so this was also something that was tugging at my heart, right? So I'm thinking, how do I also become a therapist or a psychologist or a counselor, right? And how do I make that into a career too? Because I know that in El Paso at the time, there was not very many providers and there still kind of isn't. We still are according to the Health Health Resources Services Administration, like the HRSA website, um, we are in a shortage of providers for healthcare, um, psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, right? And much less bilingual therapists, right? So part of my calling also was to become a counselor and to become a psychologist or something like that. So I had these varying interests, even from when I was little, I had an interest in being a doctor, but then I 
got to witness a surgery and I almost passed out. And so I knew that wasn't for me either. So long story short, changed my major a bunch of times and who doesn't, right? Changed my major to psychology. And then I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to become a therapist and this is what I'm going to buckle down and do. So I graduate with my bachelor's degree at UTEP, University of Texas of El Paso, Gold Miners, in 2009 with honors in psychology. Then I move on to NMSU, New Mexico State University, get my master's degree in two years with a 4.0 GPA and get my master's of arts in counseling and guidance and in 2011, and I have been a counselor since then. Then, okay, so this is part of my story of becoming a therapist, right? I kind of leave behind the dream of becoming a journalist and becoming like a radio DJ and all that stuff, right? Then in like 2015, 2016, these things called podcasts start to emerge, right? Anytime that I can get in front of a camera or be interviewed on the news or whatever, when I was working at agencies, uh, nonprofits and things like that, as a counselor, I'd be like volunteering because I love doing that stuff. But then podcasts came out and I was like, huh, podcasts, what are these things? And I would hear kind of just like regular people talking about things that they love or things that they are experts in. And they're just kind of talking into the airwaves, into a microphone. And I'm realizing that these are like kind of DIY things, like DIY projects. And some of the podcasts are like huge, right? Like Joe Rogan and like really big names, right? And they have high production value, but some of them don't. And some of them you can tell have like maybe, you know, at home studios and closets and like lower quality microphones and things like that but a lot of subscribers and I'm thinking to myself could I do this is this something that I could potentially do myself and how do I do that so I start to do some research and I come across a network called Podbean so Podbean is a place that distributes podcasts but it's also a I feel like a user-friendly sort of interface that teaches you how to create a podcast, produce a podcast, and has a lot of tutorials on how to distribute your podcast, your RSS feed, and troubleshoot different things that go wrong with your podcast. I also looked up a bunch of YouTube videos, like what microphone is the best for a starter podcast, um, what type of production software do you need on your computer, what kind of cords do you need to plug in your microphone to your computer, Um, What other kinds of software do you need to do remote interviews if you want to interview somebody across the country from you? Things like that. So I really DIY'd the first few seasons. I edited my own podcast and my own content. Like I did not outsource anything at all. And so if you go back (laughs) to the first few episodes that I ever, ever did, you can tell that the production value is a little bit lower, right, than maybe what it is in season four and season five when I started to outsource what the podcast or, you know, the podcast itself, the editing and the distribution. Now I've gone back to self-editing, self-distribution because I feel like I'm a little bit more efficient at it and I have more time to do that, especially now that I'm in private practice. I have set aside some time 
to be able to do these things on days that I don't see clients and I have more time to do like batch recording and recording on days that um, are a little bit slower for me. So I can edit a little bit more quickly using different software and things like that. So that is how Through the Eyes of a Therapist was born. And the idea for Through the Eyes of a Therapist came from just the evolution I feel of my mind as a therapist. I feel like becoming a therapist really changes you. When you are in training as a therapist, I even feel like some of the skills that they start to teach you in graduate school start to change your relational skills with your friends. It's so weird. So I can even remember that when I was starting to get taught like the reflections and paraphrases and core skills like that, right? I remember that I would be around my friends or my counselor friends and we would start reflecting and paraphrasing with each other and we would be cracking up because it was like, why are we talking to each other like this? (laughs) Like regular people who are not therapists do not speak to each other in this way. So I thought it was hilarious because We started to see this like little tiny evolution even back then as baby, baby therapists in graduate school. And I think now, even further than skills, right? Now, 13 years into practice, 12 years into practice, I now see how much my thinking has evolved, my worldview has evolved. I've met so many different types of people with so many different kinds of problems and lifestyles and pain and witnessed people and walked through different types of pain with different people, it's really changed the way that I view the world, either, you know, for better or for worse. I think in times of like the pandemic, for example, where we all have experienced the collective trauma or when individuals have explained their individual trauma to me and then I've experienced maybe vicarious trauma, right? And it's changed my worldview over time and I've experienced maybe compassion fatigue, right? Or maybe just losing faith in humanity sometimes. Like, damn, people can really be a-holes, right? Like, how are people being treated so unjustly and things like that, right? So that's how I feel sometimes therapists' views change over time, but also I feel like generally as far as skills, not only in talking to others do I feel like I have different communication skills, but also in the way that I think about things as far as conceptually, right? So like when I'm watching a movie, for example, I don't necessarily look at the villain like, God, what an ass, right? Like, I think of him like, he has a backstory. He has trauma. Like, look at his parents, right? Like, where were his parents? Like, what happened to him that he is so messed up and he's treating people in such a bad way? right? So I don't necessarily go for the jugular and start treating him so bad. And then my friends and family and my husband are like, but he's such a terrible person, right? But I think to myself, why? What happened to them? You know, I look at them with compassion. So funny. So I think that's what I really wanted to convey with Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast is how therapists think and let you in, in kind of a small, appropriate, voyeuristic way, 
how therapists think and what our worldview is like. And this is just, of course, through one person, a Latina Chicana therapist, right? Because my worldview is different based on my culture as well, my individual experiences as well. And so that changes things too. But I think that being able to let you in to our world as therapists humanizes therapists, number one. It shows you that we're not these buttoned up, real professional, white coat, complex sort of people that you have to be afraid of. It shows you that we are people that you can relate to, that we're human and that we have experiences just like you and that we get angry and that we get sad and we get frustrated and that we stress eat and that we... Um, do everything, right? Just like other humans do. And on top of that, I also wanted to demystify therapy. So being able to talk about therapy in a way that is approachable, talking about what happens in sessions and if therapists mess up or we make small mistakes or, you know, I mean, not life-changing, egregious, horrible, unethical mistakes. I'm talking about little things that are maybe silly or things that you might find relatable or human-like that will maybe make you take a second guess and, and a second look at, you know what, therapy isn't so bad, and it takes the stigma and the fear out of therapy, right? It takes the Sunday scaries out of it. And then also destigmatizing mental illness, me being open with my own history of mental illness, but not only that, having guests on the show that talk about their own mental illness and symptoms and how they've survived that, but also being able to see how we treat mental illness, how we compassionately talk about people with mental illness, and how I view things from a trauma-focused lens can also really help people understand, you know, this is how a therapist thinks compassionately of people with mental illness, and it's looking at things through a systems perspective, that it's not just the person who is at fault and the person who is sick and ill. Sometimes it's a system that is sick, right? And so there are so many other comments that I can make about mental illness, but just in a nutshell, those are some comments that I want to make briefly about that. So that's how Through the Eyes of a Therapist was born. That's the purpose of Through the Eyes of a Therapist. And this is sort of a longer-ish trailer and introduction to Through the Eyes of a Therapist Season 6. I hope that you stick with me through this season. We're going to be talking about a lot of different topics, but specifically a little bit more about mental health tips and tricks and topics that are relevant to you and to current times and we will be having guests uh, that will be speaking about uh, these topics with me if you have any questions uh, or ideas about topics that we can talk about please reach out to me again on instagram at through the eyes of a therapist spell out all the words all together there's no underscores or characters in between it's through the eyes of a therapist reach out to me on TikTok. Come watch me humiliate myself on TikTok. <laughs> and of course, um, our next few episodes, there will be an episode about therapists and nonprofits. Um, of course, you will remain anonymous if you decide to 
submit a story. Um, we're going to be talking about horror stories in nonprofits. So if you're a therapist or a worker who was in a nonprofit situation, we want to hear about those. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things that therapists have experienced in this season. So if you have any more ideas, please again, reach out to us at Through the Eyes of a Therapist. If you want to book me for therapy or for any speaking engagements, please reach out to me on the website, my practice website, www.clarityelpaso.com. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening to us for six whole seasons. And I will catch you next time. Thanks. Thank you.